You guys awake? I just wanted to make sure. I want to make sure anybody was sleeping. We actually were talking about that with one of the college students, and her dad is a pastor too, and we both have stories about falling asleep in church. And mine was uh, in high school at Bethel, coming back from Dawson McAllister at one in the morning, I fell asleep and my head hit the wall in the back. So you don't want to stay in the back, and just make sure you don't fall asleep and your head hits the back. <laughs> that has nothing to do with community, but that's okay, except for that everybody's awake now. So what is ministry? What is, what is ministry? Anybody have any idea? And, and maybe what's running through your mind is, well, what does that have to do with community? What does that have to do with giving, right? Um, I think David gave me this sermon on purpose, you know. Giving can be a touchy subject, um, but that's okay. Uh, actually, I know he didn't. Who is responsible to do ministry? All of us. Good answer. What does ministry have to do with giving, or, or even what does it have to do with community? Well, in his book on being a servant, Warren Wiersbe defines ministry this way. Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Let's read Acts 2.42-47 again together, and it'll be up here on the screen for us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts." praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So let's, let's just look at, at, at 45, 46, and 47. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. If you would, go ahead and open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's going to be our text for today. Um, this, this early church, they used divine resources, which God had given them to minister to those in need. They, they, they saw what needed to be done, and they went and they fulfilled it. They did it with sincere hearts and glad hearts. They began to worship as they did so, and God blessed them greatly. You see, generosity is a condition of the heart. It's all about what we have that we can share with others. And we are not worried about how it will affect us. That's what generosity is. Generosity can be in the form of money or in the form of physical help, like Project One that's coming up this next Saturday. Some of us just need to be able to give of our time, and that's okay. Some of us, that's all we can do is give of our time because our finances are so tight at the moment that we can't give any other way than of our time. So let me ask you this question. What is today really about? Um, our, our series is Better Together. Uh, so to, today would be Better Together Giving, but I would rather it be entitled Better Together Generosity. I think that's a better title for especially this church right here at North Hills. Uh, how, in, how generous are you as an individual? 
When's the last time you really stopped and thought about how generous am I? Whether it be of my time or of my finances that God has given me, all of it is divine resources that God has given to us to use. Uh, What are the parameters for giving and helping other people? Can I afford it? I don't have the time for that. Giving is not in my giftedness, some might say, because there is a spiritual gift called giving. It wasn't in the early church either, yet they sold all that they had to help whoever was in need. So what does true generosity or true giving then look like? Well, in 2 Corinthians, whoa, I think some tall person was on that. I don't think it was Dave either. No. Are you kidding me? Somebody's playing a prank on us, man. (laughs) 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, Paul takes us through three characteristics that I want us to look at today. And there are three characteristics of generosity that, that the church in Corinth displayed. Characteristic number one is true generosity is eager to help. True generosity is eager to help. And let's, let's look at verses 1 and 2. As we, uh, let's read those together. There's no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you in Acacia, or in Achaia, were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. So Paul writes in the middle of his letter to, to the Corinthians, this, this is his second of two letters, um, he, he writes of his excitement because of the eagerness of this church to give. Uh, this church has been talking for a year about giving to help the church in Jerusalem. Uh, there was a need in Jerusalem, and, and, and this church in Corinth heard about it, and they, they were eager and excited to give to it. They wanted to be a generous church. You know, they're, they're eager. He says, I have been boasting to the Macedonians for a whole year. The Macedonians would have been the, the church at Philippi, uh, the church in Thessalonica, and the church in Berea. So we have this these three different churches in this region in, in Greece or in Turkey. Um, and these are make up the Macedonians. So, so Paul has been going around telling these churches about the eagerness and the generosity of this church in Corinth. Uh, he says, your enthusiasm, ha- your enthusiasm has turned most of them to action. What amazing compliments to the church in Corinth. Uh, it's just a compliment in just the fact that they stirred enthusiasm in others to give generously. You know, what's amazing to me is that, is that I, as, as, as I preach today, it is really awesome to stand here and commend this church. That it, it's a commendation of your giving and your generosity as a church. Not just as the heart of, of Pastor David or of the elder board, but I believe of most, if not all, of the hearts in this church are very, very generous. That is awesome. Uh, you know, and I, and I believe because of the generosity of this church and the heart that is therein, uh, God is blessing this place because of the generosity of this church. Unfortunately, that's not going to quite be said of the, cor- of the Corinthian church if they don't continue to go on like they should. You know, don't get a big head because we are a generous church. Don't stop being generous. God is calling us to be generous. Uh, True generosity is eager to help. And there are many, many places within our own church for help. 
uh, we just need to have the eager people to do it. You know, the problem is, is that the Corinthian church has gone a whole year without actually putting the money together and sending it on. So they were eager to do it. They had the willingness to do it, but they're kind of dragging their feet like some of us do, like some of us do in filling out forms for Project One. <laughs> but really, like some of us do just in our daily lives, we, we see a need that God is putting in front of us. We know we have the divine resources to take care of it, but yet, well, I'll wait and talk to the elders about that. You know, maybe God is placing that on your heart because you have the divine resources yourself to be generous to the person that is in front of you. And God wants ministry to take place in your heart and in their hearts right in that moment. So don't drag your feet. Don't be like the Corinthian church. You know, at first they were eager, but they have not acted out on their eagerness. As Paul was telling, telling the churches in Macedonia, those in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea, all of these churches were less able than the church at Corinth. They did not have the, as many financial means as the church in Corinth did. Yet, they collected out to help in the church in Jerusalem too. In fact, one of the commentaries I was reading, he made the comment that, that he felt that maybe even Paul hadn't even mentioned to these other churches because he didn't feel like they could, could help out. But they were the ones that brought it to his attention. That we want to help out too, just like this church in Corinth, even though they knew they couldn't. In fact, if you read the book of Philippians, Paul alludes to the help that the Philippian church gave to him, even though they were with want themselves. True generosity is eager to help. But you know there's another characteristic here. So characteristic number two is true generosity gives wholeheartedly. And we find this in verses 3 through 5. So verses 3 through 9 says this of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as a grudgingly given one. True generosity gives wholeheartedly. So if you look back in, into chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, uh, you would see that, that Paul is going to send Titus and a couple of other brothers, trusted brothers, to go ahead and make sure that they're that, that the Corinthian church is going to do what they said they would do. Uh, he, he says they'll, they'll encourage you to see through what you committed to do in word because we don't want you to be made, made a fool of any more than we want to be made a fool of. We have been telling the other people that the Macedonians that you were going to do this. And, and so if, if some of them come with us and you haven't carried this out, what's that going to say to these Macedonian churches? So I send these brothers to you that you will be giving with a whole heart and not one that is hurried and, and, and not sincere. You know, I made a comment before about David giving me this sermon because oftentimes when a sermon on giving is preached in a church, people will use that as an excuse not to come to church. Well, that's all the church ever does is preach on giving. That's not true. That's definitely not true of this church. We have been here over two years, and, and, and I know from talking with David, he very rarely preaches on giving. 
In fact, I'm willing to bet, I know in the last two years we've been here, we haven't heard a sermon on giving. And you know, that's okay. That's okay. Because this church is not about money. We're about being generous with what God has given us, period. And the question then comes down to a question of heart. Where is your heart at? You know, for some churches this is true, though, that, that they preach on giving because, I don't know, they, they can't think any, any, any way else. They can't think outside the box as to, as to that, that God is the one that gives, that God is the generous one, that, that ministry is giving of the divine resources that God has given us. For some, they can't see outside themselves to see that God is the one giving to them. And if God is the one giving to us, who has given so generously to us, then why should we not too give? You know, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, we may not have the financial means to give and to help those around us, but God has still called us to give of ourselves. He has called, to give, called us to give of our time, to give of the abilities, the gifts that he has given us. And I'm not just talking the spiritual gifts that he gives us to help us in the church, which the gift of giving is one of those, by the way. They have an, an absolute... Um, Love with just giving and helping, regardless. But I'm talking about your carpentry gifts or your, your mechanic gifts or um, just giving of whatever you can, whatever you can to offer. They're all divine resources given to meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And He wants us to be those loving channels. Uh, so, so do I delay my giving and generosity because I can't afford it? You know, in, in the Old Testament, if you read Exodus and Leviticus, God commanded them to give a tenth, a tithe. That's what a tithe means is a tenth, literally. To give a tenth of the first fruits. And then, after they gave a tenth, they were to give so much to the priests, they were to give so much, at the end of the day, the, the, the Israelites were to give like up to 50 or 60% of their income between tithing and, and the other gifts that God commanded them to give. So I don't think a tenth is too little for us or too much for us to give. For some, it may be. For some, you know where you're at. For some, it may be 5% or 2% or 1% of the finances that God has given you. But God has called us to give to the church, to help support the church, to help support the ministry that the church does. That doesn't mean you can't do ministry outside the church as well with, with the, the, the resources that God has given you. You know, what attitude do I have in coming to church? Because it's a whole heart thing. Generosity is a whole heart thing. Do I have the attitude of coming to church for what I can get from it? You know, I think this is a big one, guys. Lots of us will sit here on a Sunday morning thinking, what can I get out of church? I'm coming to church today. Oh, they didn't play the music I like today. I mean, I don't like the color of the, of the, of the paint on the wall. That's divided churches. Music has divided churches. And it's because we're not wholeheartedly coming to church looking for how we can be generous, how we can minister to everybody else. 
We only come for what we can get out of it. That's not how God designed community to be. That's not how he designed this community to be. And by the way, I don't really think that our church suffers from that. There might be individuals here that do, but as a church, as a community, as a whole, I think we do very well as as a church to share and, and to give and to be generous. Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. That's what ministry is. That's what generosity is. Are you willing to give your time to listen to kids in Awana even if you're not a good listener? They need it. Pastor Michael needs help in, in the Sunday school rooms. Uh, you know, some of you might have a gift of teaching that you don't realize you have. And you haven't tried it because you think, oh, those little ones make me nervous. But you know what? Sometimes the things that make me the most nervous, I jump into and I'm like, oh, actually, this is kind of fun. What about nursery? Pastor Michael can use some help there. There's, there's need for, for helping with providing meals for junior high youth group on Monday nights or helping with college group meals on, come get to know these college kids. We've got a great group of kids from EWC and from Frontier, both. Um, seriously, come fix a meal for them. Come sit down. Um, get to know them. They're really a great group of kids. Same with the junior high kids on a, on a Monday night. Come fix a meal for them. Sit down with them. Get to know them. These are all ways within inside the walls of these church. Project one, another one. Um, there are so many different ways that divine resources can be used. And you know, it's not, like I said, it's not always in the form of money, and maybe hardly it's ever in the form of money. Can we tie the tenth of our time to God? We probably should. It's a divine resource. I guess the biggest question that comes, it comes down to is what are the divine resources God has placed inside of you that you can use as a generous gift, that you can, can plug into and do ministry with the divine resources that God has given you. Especially since characteristic number three is true generosity has a heart of worship. Really, that's what generosity is all about, is, is worship. Why else are we here if we're not about to worship God? Verses 6 through 8 say, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God wants to bless us. He wants to give us a heart of worship. Are you willing to give generously? Are you willing just to, just to give what you can give so that his blessing can overflow in your life? And I'm not talking about if you give money, God's going to monetarily bless you. He may. He may. That's not why we give. We give because God gave to us. We are generous because God generously sent his son to die on a cross for us that we might have eternal life, that we might have victory over the sin in our lives that so easily entangles us. 
You know, one of the things I'm, I'm coming to is, as, as a study for youth group and, and, and we get into to studying our identity and, and we're talking this first month or month and a half about awakening, having awakening in God and, and, and really realizing and coming to, to the truth that Jesus didn't just die for my eternal security or my eternal salvation, but he died that I can be free from sin, that I can realize the power that sin has over me. In fact, the person that we're watching, the video series we're watching, said that we like the influence that Satan has over us as human beings. I don't think there's a single person in here that can shake their head no to that. Because the truth is our humanity loves what the devil gives us. It loves sin. But God generously gave us his son that we might understand that we have power over sin and over death because he wants to love us if we'll allow him to. He wants, he has given us generously, which is why true generosity has a heart of worship. Our hearts should come to him in truth and be ready to just pour out to him and say, thank you, God, for the generosity of your son, Jesus Christ. This characteristic really builds off of the last one. It comes from a true heart. You know, how you sow will depend on how you reap. Galatians, Paul talks about that to the Galatian church. A little bit different context, but the principle is still there. Every farmer in here knows However much you put into the ground is what you will get back. But that also depends, I guess, on what rain you get. But the point is, if you don't sow, you can't reap. And hopefully, at least with God, the more you sow, the more you reap. And we're not talking reaping, like I said, monetarily. We're not talking about something physical. Our blessing will most likely be in heaven. We will see the reward we will reap when we get to heaven. However, what's the old saying? It's better to give than to receive. Why is that? How do you feel when you give to somebody else? Especially when it's somebody you know can't repay the favor. I'm telling you, when you give and you give generously, it does something more for you than it does for the person you gave to. And I've been on that side. I've been on both sides. When was the last time you asked God, I mean actually asked God, to bring someone to you that you could generously give to? Think about that. When is the last time we stopped and asked God, God, bring someone into my path that I can give divine resources to through loving channels to the glory of God and meet that human need? Maybe it's your spouse that you need to give to. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a, a grandpa or a grandma or a grandchild or an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it's a friend or a fiance. When is the last time that you gave generously to them? When is the last time that you just sacrificed yourself and said, 
how can I be of service to you today? Because that is part of giving generously, is being a servant. Jesus was the most generous person that ever walked the face of this earth because he gave his life for us that we might live without the reflection of sin, without the influence of Satan in our lives. The problem is, is we don't take it up and we don't view it that way. What have you determined in your heart to give? How have you given? How have you produced that in the church? And are you dragging your feet with, with what you've decided to give? What are your divine resources that God has given you to use to minister to those in your path? Verses 10 through 15. Let's look at those real quick. Since David and I set the bar two weeks ago with the uh, one service, I guess I've got about 30 minutes left, so I can stretch this sermon out, I think. <laughs> Verses 10 through 15 say this, now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. I'm going to stop right there. That's just verse 10. When is the last time you sat down and took out a piece of paper and wrote out, what are my needs and what are my wants? Because I will guarantee you that almost everyone in here will write down wants in the place of needs. Nellie and I were challenged to do this over 10 years ago, to really sit down and focus on what are our needs. And you know, a lot of our needs were our wants. And so we really had to recategorize, okay, what are our needs, and put them in a needs list. What did we truly need at the time? I mean, what do we truly need? Food and clothing. Well, winter's coming on us, so warmth. What'd you say? Water. We need water. Shelter. These are the things we need. We don't need the new car necessarily. We don't need the latest in fashion trends. We don't need the newest phone just because it came out this year and my other phone's only a year old. I see that look you're giving me, Pastor David. <laughs> I wasn't really talking to you, but <laughs> I didn't realize that was an issue. You know, just, just think about that. When, when is the last time you sat down and, and, and thought about what's a need and a want? You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Think about that, that question that I asked. When was the last time you sat and asked God to bring someone to you that you could give generously to? Our problem is in our thinking, and I'm sure the enemy has something to do with this, we think, well, I won't have the resources necessary when they come to me. I think verse 11 just shot that out of the water. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Can you imagine what the church in Jerusalem was going to feel like when they got that, that gift? But I think even before that, the church in Macedonia, those three churches we talked about, I think part of the Thanksgiving came from them. And their gratitude was overflowing, even though they didn't have as much as the church in Corinth. 
Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. God will supply the seed and the bread. When is the last time you sat down and looked at Matthew chapter 6 and looked at the Lord's Prayer? When is the last time you said, God, we need our bread today? Would you provide it for us? Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to forgive those that have, for, that have wronged us as you have forgiven us. When is the last time, if you're struggling with sin and you're struggling with the temptation of, of some nature, When's the last time you sat down and prayed the last verse of the Lord's Prayer? Lord, keep me from temptation and deliver me from evil. You know, if we, every one of us, would do that in the morning and pray it as it's written, it's not an I, it's a we, it's an us. When we pray that, we're praying that for the church. Keep us from temptation and deliver us from evil. By the way, that's a way you can generously give, is to pray for your church to pray for the people in your church, pray for the relationships in the church, pray for the youth and the kids, pray for your pastors and, and the music leader, pray for the person in the pew that you're sitting in or the chairs that you're sitting in, in, in your row, maybe in the section of three or the section of seven or eight. Take a note of those people around you. That's a way to give generously and you don't even have to leave your easy chair. He will increase the store and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will gain traction in living on how God designed you to live. He designed you to live righteously. He designed you to live in a right manner, not in the manner that the devil wants us to live in. Inside of using his divine resources to meet human need, you will be the loving channels. Paul tells us these people that they will be enriched so that they can be a blessing. Give generously. Because you do this, God will be praised and it will result in thanksgiving to God. The supplying of the needs of others produces overflowing and many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Worship God with your generosity. Be willing to give. Some of us think we've given all that we can, but in, in truth, we haven't probably given enough. Like I said, a tithe is a tenth of your income. God gave everything for us. He gave way more than a tenth. Give what you can and do so cheerfully. Worship team, if you guys want to come up, that'd be great. I want to look at Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44 with you. It'll be up here behind me. I think this really speaks to the heart of worship that, that generosity and, and, and giving is all about. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd put, putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. To me, the point is to give with your heart in the right place, in a heart of worship, in, in a heart of, 
God, you've given me so much. This really is not enough, which I think is why Paul wrote to the Roman church in chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, to give of yourself because really that's not even enough. Jesus poured out all of his blood, if you remember two weeks ago. He poured out all of his blood for us, even the blood that he sweat on the ground on the way to the cross, even the blood that poured out as he dripped drops of blood as he was under so much stress because of what was to come. All of that blood was shed for you and me. Give with your heart in the right place. Give all that you possibly can, like the widow, like the Macedonians. Don't wait till you're like the Corinthian church. If God is speaking to you to give today, do it. To whomever it is, whether it's to the church or, or somebody else. Whether it's somebody sitting in front or behind of you or somebody that you work with. Don't delay. Because... Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, you, you gave us of your divine resources the best thing you could ever give us, and that is your son Jesus. And, and you tell us in Romans 10 that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is the son of God and believe in our hearts that you raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. What a glorious, glorious gift. Father, thanks for giving of your divine resources to meet our human need right where we needed it, through your loving channels to your glory. Lord, may we go and give of your divine resources that you've entrusted to us, whether it be our time or our finances or whatever other way we can think of to give. May we be the loving channels to your divine resources, work through and do ministry in and among the people that we live with. Thank you, God, for such a generous church. Thank you for the hearts of the people here. Uh, just pray that you would bless us as, as we give and, and help us to be generous with all that you have bestowed upon us. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.